Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. I'm uh, Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. And uh, this is the podcast called Cellmates, where we... This is the podcast called Cellmates. It is. You're correct. Yeah. Uh, where we analyze, mm-hmm. uh, dissect, mm-hmm. and compare. Uh, usually two animated feature films, but today you're getting a bonus. Boom! Bonus film. In this case... Three animated films. Yeah. And uh, as usual, they're usually Disney. Uh, but not always. They're usually musicals. Not always. And they're usually good. Not always. No. Um, and yeah, to, today uh, you got you got a little bit of everything except... Uh, Let's talk about what we're drinking. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Let's talk about what we're drinking. So... We are drinking a uh, United Federation of Ostriches White. Uh, yeah, also known by its initials UFO. Oh. Um, uh, and I'd say there's two reasons we're having this uh, delightful beverage this evening, Dick. Well, one is because it's uh, from an employee-owned company, and that's... <laughs> is that not? Well, uh, first... Uh, let, just, like let me... Di- just like Disney, where the employees are always treated well. Well, $15 an hour at Disneyland. <laughs> hey! They're not homeless anymore. Uh, Dick, will you please describe the uh, logo of the UFO uh, brand there? It's like an orange? No. Oh, it's a flying saucer. It's a flying saucer. Flying saucer. all of our movies today have to do with some kind of uh, spaceship slash sea ship. A ship. Sure. What's um, the second reason? The second reason... Um, is that word unidentified because the main theme of uh, why we paired these three movies is uh, the the broad umbrella theme of uh, before we watched them we were not certain these were different movies no it, it's it's so uh, go ahead and list list off the movies. so today we are talking about Atlantis yep. uh, the 2001 Disney release yep Titan AE. The 2000 Don Bluth release, or I guess Fox Animation. Fox Animation. Uh, one of three movies produced by Fox you Animation. You don't get to start throwing Don Bluth under the bus yet. Uh, you gotta this wait. This is so easy. Um, and 2002's Treasure Planet put out by Disney. These movies all star a young man with a mushroom cut. Mushroom cut. Uh, one has a rat tail. We didn't know that until we started watching uh, it. They all seem like pretty cool. Uh, they all seem like they might happen in space. Like, yeah, just there's like a voyage from involved. From like our vague memories of the trailers yeah. and like clips we may Some have seen. Some kind of futury voyage uh, led by a guy with a mushroom cut. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it seemed like. And honestly, we we just like I joke that Aerosmith's best song is "Crazy Crying Amazing" because <laughs> it's all kind of the same song. Uh, we joked that this was all the same movie because. We really, like, honestly, before this, we watched them in three consecutive days, because otherwise we thought we're just never going to get it done. Um, I, I couldn't have told you any differences. I knew Atlantis was probably more underwater than the other two. <laughs> what gave it away? And that's it. <sighs> like, that's the only difference I knew. Now, but before you go turning off your podcast machines, uh, if you are a fan of any of these three movies, if you're a fan of... Well, there are two we of want... these. There are two of these movies that that we ended up 
changing our minds on, and and we liked to varying degrees. Yeah, changing. I'd say all three movies changed my mind because I was expecting a solid C average for each movie. Yeah, and that is not what we got from any of the movies. Yeah, when we sat down, I said if these movies are all like a, a six or a seven out of ten, that's fine, and mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna get, and that's what we both expected. But uh, we got some. Really good variety. We did get some some variety, some some good, some a um, good amount of variety. But really, if any of these three movies is like your favorite animated feature, <laughs> one, did you only see animated features between a certain hey. number of years? But two, no, we'd love to I, hear from you. Okay. And at some point in time, we'll have like a Twitter or an email. This is future Kate, or by the time you're listening, present day Kate, uh, telling old Kate and Dick that we actually do have social media now. Find us on Twitter at Cellmates Podcast, and find us on Facebook at Cellmates Podcast. At some point in time, we'll have like a Twitter or an email because you could, you we'd, could tweet we'd love, mail us. We'd we'd love to hear arguments, especially for for one of these. I don't want to hear arguments. I just <laughs> I just want to hear. I'm just fascinated. It's like uh-huh. uh, interviewing Hannibal Lecter. I just want to get inside the mind of one of these uh, favorites. And... Yeah, he'll 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 kill a guy uh, for you by talking to him. Well, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, anyway, it was a good interview. All right, so, so let's dive in. Uh, hey, to, Kate, let's dive in. We watched these movies in alphabetical order um, so that we wouldn't Wait, get we? them confused. We did. That was oh. my mechanism. Cool. Yes. So let's start with Treasure. Oh, <laughs> Atlantis. Uh, so Dick, uh, tell me, tell us about the first time you saw Atlantis. I'm not sure. Uh, as we were watching, <laughs> oh, that's true. As we were watching the movie, uh, I was like. Wait, this part is real familiar. <laughs> uh, and then it got unfamiliar again. So I think I have seen 20 to 30 minutes of Atlantis, like when it came out or something, because I remember 20 or 30 minutes of Atlantis pretty well, uh, much better than I remember the rest of it, which I was just seeing for the first time. Yeah. Um, I was seeing the whole movie for the first time. So I was uh, 31 years old. <laughs> Uh, in our apartment. Oh, man, uh, you are old. Currently pretty chilly because uh, it's right now it's middle of October. Spooktober. And, uh, mm-hmm, and our building is not yet turned on heat or our heat isn't working. Anyway, it's pretty it's chilly. It's the scariest um, thing not to have in the wintertime. But since this movie warmed my heart, Aww. it was really. Um, hey, yeah, Kate, so. Why don't you... Yeah, I'm going to jump hey, into Kate. the summary, hey, but Kate. I will say that a couple lines from this movie. We're very movie. Uh, <laughs> it can't even be a movie. Uh, it's a uh, we're, movie by cats, by cats, for cats. Some punchlines <laughs> were very familiar to me. I guess from the trailers of the original release. Like I don't remember anything, but like there especially was, the dynamite guys' lines. There I was one like, bit where you said, "Oh, that's in the trailer." Yeah, like I just knew it, and I had not yeah. seen the trailer for probably. 16 years yeah so um so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and riff for a minute so you can have a sip of beer and i'm gonna start that timer for summaries so we do a uh should we should we shrink it down since we've got three should we try four minutes let's do three oh that's okay yeah i know that's gonna be rough yikes okay so we we try in time because we the original run of this podcast we tried and our summaries were like an hour and a half each. So we're cutting it down. We're trying to summarize these, these in in five minutes, but since it's three movies, it's we're crazy doing... crazy that the summary is the length of the movie itself. Or longer. <laughs> uh, a... 
when you're describing the special effects with words, it's a lot longer because you have to. If you let me talk <laughs> about the music in Mulan, I will talk ten times the length. That's of, true. Of those songs. Of the music in Mulan. Yeah. So anyway, right. we're gonna go for three minutes. We're each. gonna try for three minutes. We're well, we're gonna succeed. I believe in us. All right. So Atlantis in three minutes. You know what? Three minutes and thirty seconds is making it easy. I can't even uh, ten minutes. No. And even ten minutes. Yeah. It'd be three minutes and twenty seconds. Oh, three minutes and twenty seconds. All right. Look, math my is math, math is, is not is great. Okay. All right, and Atlantis uh, stars Michael J. Fox as Milo. He's our first mushroom cut kid of the evening. He is a linguist, a dead language linguist, and he um, is obsessed with um, the existence or not or of this magical place, Atlantis, this lost empire. Yes. Um, his grandfather was an explorer and he's passed down this love of things and his grandfather tried to find Atlantis, couldn't, um, am I not right? So you're giving me a look that no, I'm not No, you're right. great. You just wasted 40 seconds on that. Well, I'm introducing, anyway, so Milo gets bankrolled by, uh, Fraser's dad, uh, eccentric old guy and gets to lead a ship to hopefully Atlantis. Um, he's got a motley crew of uh, motley crews there. Uh, mm-hmm. Dope. Um, and they're you know a bunch of characters and you know fun fun people and a and a captain who's pretty serious, but you Whoa. think you can trust him because he's James Garner. Um, anyway, never, they, never a bad guy, James. Never Garner. a bad guy. Um, so they go under uh, under the sea. Like, actually, this is where that preposition works. Um, and they almost get knocked out by a leviathan. They don't because of teamwork and friendship. And they end up in Atlantis. And also and letting a lot of people die. Yeah, they do let people die. <laughs> so you see many, people die. So like, many people die in this sequence. Um, so they get to Atlantis. It's beautiful, but they meet this whole culture of people that has been living in Atlantis for, I guess, thousands of years. They look pretty good. Um, but anyway, they've been trying to keep their culture alive, but because the heart of Atlantis is not accessible or some, they're, they're just dying. So it, their culture is dying. Hearts, it's like a metaphor. They need for, to rent hearts in Atlantis starring Anthony Hopkins. It's a metaphor for colonialization and things like that. That was a good joke. Um, I'm, I'm glad I only have so much time. I, I'm running out. Um, so Kita, I think it's her. I think her name is Kita. Doesn't matter. Is a princess. Uh, she helps them kind of like unlock the mysteries, and because they learn from each other, it works out. There's um, uh, the the captain of the ship, James Garner, Garner, is actually in it for the wrong reasons. He's not there to learn. He's there to steal from their culture and make money. Wait, the movie? Uh, he's in the movie to steal from the culture. Uh, maybe I oh, don't know. I don't wow. know James Garner's. James Garner's uh, kind of a dick. Reasons for you're wasting my time. I just want to. I just want to let you know that I'm trying to go quickly here. This is definitely not taking up time. So they um, realize that Kita herself is the heart of Atlantis, um, and so they have to like uh, Mister Freeze her for a little bit, and then she like loses strength, but then she gains strength. I, it was a couple of days ago, and I've seen two movies since. Um, they save Atlantis. They, they give her strength. They give her strength. Um, the mutineers are, um, you know, uh, vanquished, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the crew leaves. They they decide to leave Atlantis untouched and not, uh, you know, expose it to the <clears> world, <throat> uh, a la King Kong or whatever. Um, and Milo stays. No, they bring back King Kong from the jungle. Great. And Milo stays um, because... He has found a home here, and he's got a strong partnership with Kida. There is a hint at romantic 
uh, involvement, but not really um, Cookies anything. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Cookies are so done. Oh, not a lot of time. Um, but it's okay because I didn't remember all the plot points. No, anyway. you shouldn't have wasted it by arguing with me. So happy. <laughs> okay, you you wait for this next movie summary. I I, I can use. <laughs> Several I, times for I you can, finish in 20 seconds. I contend that as I go over the plot of Titan A.E., you will go comatose by remembering <laughs> Titan A.E. That actually might be true. Or I'll start itching my skin. That's what I actually did in the movie. All right. Gross. Um, so, uh, so that was Atlantis. That was Atlantis. Uh, 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 we really enjoyed it. I, I liked this movie a lot. It, it has some really great themes in it of like saving your culture and, you know, keeping... Uh, your ancestry alive even when people die yeah. and um, and how do you do that when outsiders come in um, I think there's room for a little bit more tightening up of that theme yeah. especially because you have some characters of color in the crew which we'll talk about later um, yeah. and there seems like a kind of a missing link there that they wanted to get at but maybe didn't have enough time Sasquatch yeah the missing link um yeah, and and by the way, it's um, the directors are uh, Gary Truesdale and Kirk mm-hmm. Wise, mm-hmm. who did Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback. So it's not surprising that they made another good movie. Yeah, I I, I don't know, like I don't have my like top ten Disney whatever's ranked, mm-hmm. but uh, like top ten post mermaid, like this is probably in there. Mm. This was like I I was surprised by how much I like this movie. You, you've you said it's a good movie. I think it's a great movie. I think it's I, really good storytelling. Yeah. I think the characters are really fun. I think, I mean, and I'd like to talk about this later, that like this period of animation just kind of got shoved under several rugs. Right. Um, and so I'm not sure that it even got the marketing and cred that it deserved at the time. Right. So like I was saying, you thought this was a good movie. I thought this was a great movie. Yes. I thought the the plot uh, generally worked. The story really worked. Uh, I think uh, I did not have as much of a problem with the uh, like side cast as you did, uh, and I think some of that was a problem of like uh, underdeveloped characters and a very specific art style. But I don't think it was uh, as problematic. Like uh, this is not one of my problematic faves. The, the pacing is really quick, too. Yeah. Like, it feels like some fast-paced theater. It's it's fast-paced, but it's not... I I don't think to its detriment. I think, just like I, I, I will defend Finding Dory mm-hmm. as my, probably the, the lesser in terms of, like, critical objection of quality mm-hmm. uh, of, of the two Nemo movies... Finding Dory is my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Those first 20 minutes, yeah, it's just like bop, 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 bop. Once it settles down, mm-hmm. you get there. I think the first 20 minutes yeah. of uh, Atlantis are a lot of information, a lot of introduction, but mm-hmm. then we get there. Yep, yeah, I would agree. All right, so uh, let's talk so about this another... this movie, uh, higher than a C average. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd give it an A. I, yeah. With an A? Maybe an E minus. Yeah, it's surprising for not calling it great, and then you're like, a. well, great is an A plus. Disney puts out a lot of good movies. All right. Anyway, we'll work on your scale later. This is incorrect. <laughs> e minus. All right. So, Dick, uh, where were you when you first saw Titan A? I saw this in the theaters. I saw this probably opening weekend. I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. We'll save our judgments mm-hmm. on what we thought of the movie until mm-hmm. after. Um, 
but I, I really enjoyed it. It's got uh, people I really like, uh, you know, at, at the time. Like, you've got your Janine Garofalo's. Wait, I'm sorry. I haven't started your time yet. Are you starting a summary? Because uh, all of my actor information was in the summary. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, you got your Janine Garofalo's. You got... Uh, Oh man, who else is in this? John Leguizamo. How do you say his name? I'm not saying it. Legu- I'm Leg- not giving you the. I'm Leg- starting your timer. Legu- whoa, 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 whoa! You cannot 18, start. Three. You uh-uh, cannot uh-uh, start my cheating. timer because I am mentioning actors that I yeah, liked okay. in the movie. Uh, I am not talking about the plot and how Kale did something. Where, where were you when you first saw Titan A? I was on this couch. Um, I in the same spot. In the same spot. Wow. Um, also chilly, but, uh, way more uncomfortable for other reasons. All right. You ready? Yes. All right. Are you ready? Born ready. I'll do this in two minutes. Time. All right. There's a boy. His name's apparently Kale. He's playing with a toy. It, it, despite what, uh, some people will tell you, this opening is really nice. Uh, there's some beautiful shots. The CG's a little wonky. Uh, Earth is about to be blowed up. He gets on a ship to escape, uh, and he's like, oh, where's my dad? My dad's going away. And his dad goes on another ship to escape. Cut to, uh, like, another ship and, like, some, like, hip music that the kids all listen to. Um, And Kale is, like, kind of a jerk. Uh, And he's, like, working on a scrap ship, and he's, like, making trouble with all the other aliens up there. And he's, like, a late teenager at this point. I like how I interrupt you, but you're like, I interrupt you to like fuck around, but you interrupt me to be like, let me add some more information. It wasn't clear if he was still a boy. Let me add some more information. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's not still a boy. I said he's all grown up. And he uh, meets, oh, he gets in like a scrap with some aliens and he meets another human. And that human's like, hey, would you like to save the galaxy and he's like nope and the guy's like come on and he's like okay so he goes to find the the titan uh which is a, like a ship that apparently existed uh that is the last hope for humanity they don't really tell us why they just say it's the last hope for humanity so he gets aboard this ship with a girl who he's snooping on earlier and trying to hit on through a windshield uh, and a kangaroo lady, and this guy who's outside this, and they go to find the Titan. Uh, they fight some blue guys. They go to a planet full of helium balls or hydrogen balls. Uh, they fly around. Uh, they shoot some blue guys. He finds out that the ring on his finger is really a map. Yep. He uses that map to go to a planet. They fight some blue guys. Uh, then we're, they... we're called the Dredge. Great. I I'm don't gonna care. I'm going to ask you later how that's spelled. Okay. Um, then they go to an ice area and they fight some blue guys. They get inside the Titan. Oh, by the way, this captain guy, you're never going to believe this. This captain guy. Yeah? He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's in it for the wrong reasons. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they like fight a bunch. But in the end, Kale goes to the... He finds the Titan, uh, he powers it up, uh, the captain has a change of heart, and then Kale powers up the Titan and makes a whole new planet, and they call it Bob. 
It's the only joke in the movie. I am done before time. Okay, but you didn't mention Nathan Lane's character. That actually is a plot point. I didn't say it was a good plot point, but you made it sound like a slightly better movie. Like there was only one villain instead of one surprise villain after the villain. But yeah, you were done early, but also you left out gaping holes. But I'm oh, just going to say. Really? Right. Do, do you, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, am, I supposed to, am I supposed to nitpick all the stuff you left out of Atlantis? No. You can, a, you can add some. It's a plot summary of Titan AE. What do you want? You want more? You want no, more of the plot more. of Titan I don't need, AE? No, I don't need Do you want more. me to sing some of the there songs no from more. Titan AE? <laughs> Please. Uh, no. Um, cool. I'm going to take so the this... boat ride. That's not from Titan AE. That's from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, but it's still pretty good. I'm going to take you for a oh, ride. There is a song, though, where the same words repeat over and There's over. There's like a thousand songs where the same words oh, repeat man. over and over. There's like yellow card and like like something that's like kind of a pre-limp biscuit and oh oh don't look it up i I, so the other day i did find the soundtrack on wikipedia and it's like all the also rands from like late 90s early 2000 oh it's we don't need to mention their names lest they very sad lest we say it too many times and they come back like beetlejuice (laughs) and or the candy man um, Who does not bring you candy? He tears your skin off. Oh, He's a bad guy. That sounds like a different movie. Hey, so qu- real quick. Just yeah. real quick. Real quick. Kate Phillips. General thoughts on Titan AE. This movie was rough. I became physically uncomfortable through most of the movie. Not, and we'll talk about the CGI later. It's not necessarily because of the visual effects were like, nauseate nauseating like that kind of motion sickness it was just like i i was so uncomfortable watching the poor visual design and the poor character development and listening to the poor voice acting like it just this movie was rough and i don't understand how anyone okayed it as a finished product yeah i i i uh Knowing a little bit more about the history of Titan AE, I understand, I think, why we have the product that we have today. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is trash. Yeah. It's trash. Um, All right. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, we're we're going to move on to the movie that the guys who made Beauty and the Beast. No, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Aladdin. Aladdin. They were like, hey, we want to make this movie and then Disney's like hey how about like Aladdin no how about a mermaid movie how about a mermaid movie they're like okay we made the mermaid movie now we want to make this they're like how about this Aladdin movie they're like okay now we made that they just kept getting the football we're gonna make treasure planets (laughs) they're like "Uh, how about Hercules and it you know what Treasure Planet is better than Hercules. Treasure um, Planet is better than Hercules. Hercules, sorry. Uh, oh. So let's let's talk, Kate. Yeah. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I think Treasure Planet is a movie in two parts. Uh, so why don't you set that timer? Two acts, you might say. Uh, um, and our first, both of our first time seeing this movie was for this, right? This weekend. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I was probably aware of it but it didn't look very good the marketing was not i i I mean i was also like a little bit too old for it too i kind of thought i had seen it (laughs) wait what disney movie have you ever been too old for right but it's like in that weird awkward phase Uh, where it was like 
like late middle school to early high school where We're like done with it. these aren't musicals anymore why do i have to I, i'll like i'll see the pixar movie mm. every year every time it comes out you're my friend yeah and that's these two these three movies are actually between yeah. monsters inc and finding nemo that's fair and i i will get into this but yeah. i think that's part of the reason they did not do numbers i think so too um but good story is good story but yeah. but there's some elements anyway right, so treasure me, planet we're what, gonna start this time uh-huh. but leave me a minute i mean do we, do we want to do four for this one since it's a two act no, just at right. one minute i'll take over just get there all right so treasure planet is based on treasure island the novel um but it's like in uh, it's space, actually based on muppet treasure island. it's in space but like not in space because the atmosphere is different anyway this guy jim he's a boy he reads a pirate ship book. He's really intense about it. But mom's like, ah, it's just made up. And then Jim grows up into this, like, miscreant teen who's just, like, skating on his uh, space skateboard all the time and getting into trouble. And mom owns a restaurant. And then uh, Jim brings in a alien stranger who's hungry who then, uh, through a series of events, the restaurant gets burnt down. So Jim's not doing so well. He's dying. He's yeah, not he's hungry. dying. He's not well, hungry. He's, well, he's probably hungry, he too. He just crashed. Anyway, he's He crashed dying. a spaceship. He says, don't trust the cyborgs. Uh, here's a... No, I'm getting the movies confused. Does he say here's a map? He gives no. Him, he gives him the here's ball. Here's a book. He gives him the ball. The ball is in that movie. The in Okay. okay. Um, so he gives him a ball. Yeah. Um, and it, then the, through a series of events, uh, Jim wants to make his mom proud of your boy. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't sing it because it's not a musical. Right. But he and uh, David Hyde Pierce dog uh, then set out to find a crew yep. for a space uh, pirate ship, <laughs> not a space spaceship, but like an actual ship uh, to go find Treasure Planet that he's heard of in all these legends. Um, it's a movie. You it, could just rent it. Yeah, it's uh, that would be a weird thinking. Inception kind of mm. thing. Anyway, so Treasure Planet has all this treasure, and he wants to rebuild his mom's uh, restaurant, etc. Um, so on this ship, there's a crew of, uh, motley beings, but kind of less defined. Than motley crew? Mutant. Uh, yeah, there, that's the tie-in. We didn't even know. Didn't between even Between all these movies. Such a good band. And, so uh, the cook on this ship, Mr. Silver, <gasps> you might even call him Long John Silver. I don't think I would. Uh, he is a cyborg, which means he has some robot parts. And so Jim is like... Wait, I was told I shouldn't trust the cyborg. And then Jim's like, no, you could trust... Or not Jim. Silver's like, you could trust me. But actually, you can't. Because um, for the third time this podcast, uh, he's planning a mutiny. What? And uh, he's got Wait, some like... Wait, the captain is planning a mutiny? Creepy, no, he's not the captain. He's hey, the chef. it's different. Hey, it's different. Um, he's got these like rapscallion crew members that kind of look like the scary type of Jim Henson Muppet. Um, yeah. And uh, they're planning a mutiny so that they can get to Treasure Island by themselves and get all the Planet. booty. Um, but they get found out. But before they get found out, Silver and Jim develop this kind of lovely um, father-son relationship. And, oh, I didn't leave you a minute at all. I'm so sorry. It's you, all right. I'll but catch to up. be fair, you are interrupting. Keep going. Keep going. Keep um, quick. And uh, they develop this father-son relationship, so it's like, I don't know, is he going to mutiny or not? But he does, because he's kind of, his hand is forced. Um, and then they, they land on this uh, planet, and then, uh, um, that's like an hour in, and that would be an interesting place to And then we get introduced to the best character in the whole movie. 
Because nothing. No, shut up, cookies are done. We're moving on. We're keeping going. Because nothing makes anything better than add, than, than than taking a movie where there's already a great comedy character and then adding Martin Short. Oh. Ugh. I, 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 mm, we'll get, we'll get it. We'll, we can get into this now. We can get into this later. I, I mean, hate Martin Short. It was literally the second he appeared on the screen. It's like, oh, oh there are no redeemable qualities about this character. He is a plot device. So obnoxious. But, ugh. Anyway, so Martin Short Robot uh, yells a bunch of obnoxious things. <laughs> Uh, and then they go to a hiding place, and then Martin Short Robot yells a bunch of obnoxious things, and then the bad guys find him because Martin Short Robot is yelling, and then uh, they get a uh, the, the Jim takes his ball and he puts it in the ground because there's a magical thing in the ground, yeah. and it opens up this gateway to anywhere, and it's awesome. And I thought that was going to be the treasure because that's cool yeah. because you can use that gateway to anywhere to get anywhere instantly. But no, there's also like the gateway as a gateway to a bunch of treasure. Martin Short Robot yells a bunch. Um, and Jim and Long John Silver, it's all, are inside the uh, treasure room. And the treasure room starts collapsing because it's boober trapped. And then Long John Silver is like, you know what? I'm not going to take me gold. I'm going to save young Jim. Because young Jim's about to fall to his doom. And he saves young Jim. And then they leave, and then at the end, they're gonna like arrest Long John Silver, and then he's like, "Yar, I'm escaping." And then one of the guys is like, "I'm not sure if he's the best pirate I've ever seen, or the worst, or something like that." <laughs> it's really a prequel. It. Really I mean, it's is the, the next prequel. year is. Uh, uh, the and then that's Treasure Planet. Hey, Boom. so I'm not upset that we had more to talk about in this one because I do feel like. I mean, it is the most recent we've watched, mm-hmm. but I feel like it has the most defined plot of the three and, like, the most defined, perhaps, characters. And they don't always fulfill on the promise. But I feel like a lot of what we were saying was, like, this character is related to this character and they make the decision because this. My, I, I would contend that Atlantis had just as defined a plot. Uh, plot I think that yes. plot is super clear. Plot, yes. uh, I don't think... And I think it's a design of the movie... But I don't think Atlantis had the emotional resonance of this. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely a movie about like about feelings. Yeah. Right. You you, you felt something. Uh, you know. You got mom. You got uh, Squish Squish McMasterson or whatever his name is. Morph. Morph. Yeah. Oh, I love Morph. Yeah. You got Pink you got lover. like you got some like real sweet characters in this, and, yeah. and you, you kind of feel for them. Mm-hmm. So, so Dick, after viewing all these three movies, yeah, um, are we certain that they are different movies? Yes. Okay, great. Very, um, very certain. We're not certain which MacGuffin is in which movie. <laughs> like, I get a little confused as to like whether the ring or the orb. Oh, or... oh I said okay. it again. I didn't mean okay. to do that. Okay, cookies are done. Um, we're, I'm, I'm not sure whether the the orb or 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 which like bluish girl is in which. Yeah. But uh, I'm confident that they are different movies. Yes, they are. But they actually have more similarities than I had thought. I thought it was mostly a joke that I'm like, oh, these three movies are the same because of the Mushroom Cut Boy. But they actually have more in common. So let's start with that Mushroom Cut Boy. Uh, Break down each. Um, We got Milo in Atlantis. Well, let's start start there. Okay. Let's do one one at a time. Let's talk about Milo. 
Uh, Milo is played by Michael J. Fox. He is. And he is, Quite the, well. he is the only character who is not so totally cool. Uh, I think both uh, uh, both the others, both uh, Matt Damon and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, uh, are playing like super cool characters. Like, yo, I'm cool. I ride a space skateboard. Yeah. I ride like a magical floating they thing. Could be, they could be in boy bands. But, Milo, not so much. Right, but Milo, he's like... Uh, hold on that thought. <laughs> but Milo, he's like a kind of nerdy guy. He's really into dead languages. Mm-hmm. He practices giving symposia to like cardboard cutouts. Um, and he's like... He's just a really, really sweet guy who makes a lot of mistakes. He's kind of dopey. And Michael J. Fox plays him... Like, I think some of the stuff he does, uh, he gets away with a little bit because it's Michael J. Fox. Yeah, sure. Um, I found Milo really engaging from moment one in this movie. You you open on him giving mm-hmm. a speech, and he's, like, kind of fumbling. Like, it's a speech for cardboard people, but he's, like, fumbling around mm-hmm. and really earnest. And, like, immediately, I, to me, and, you know, the... The uh, legacy has gone up and down, but to me, that's like a hallmark of a really good Disney character is like, mm. oh, I'm really interested in what this person wants yeah. and and specifically how they're going about it. I mean, like from moment one, I, I always uh, compare uh, Shakespeare and musicals because I find that like a lot of people who are really into Shakespeare are like, I don't get musicals. Why are they always singing? And it's like a Shakespearean monologue. Mm-hmm. is the same as a song in a musical. And I want, yeah. And I think this kind of opens with his I want song, mm-hmm. even though it's not a song. Mm-hmm. It's his I want speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he has some good, like, it's it's nice to see this kind of, you know, male lead go through, maybe not some changes, but, like, he's very open to learning, and he's mm-hmm. very open to letting... Kita or whoever else who has the expertise take the lead, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I like I like Milo. The next character is Kale, who is but spelled with a C to differentiate from the leafy green. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, taking my joke. That's fine. That's fine. I was gonna make a whole blum, thing. Blum. I was going to make a whole thing about Kale. I just had to had to stop it short right there. Uh, but yeah, Kale, uh, totally cool. Kale is a mushroom cut. Like, that's like, I think the most defining character trait. He is, well, okay. He looks a little bit like Nick Carter but he's around not, this time. He's not a Jonathan Taylor Thomas mushroom cut. No, he's right. a Nick Carter. He's a who's who's Jonathan Taylor Thomas's older brother who put on like oh, yeah. black finger paint and Zachary punched people. T-Bryan. He's a Zachary. Yeah, that's his mushroom cut. They're both Zachary mushroom Tybright. cups, yeah. but yeah, they're yeah. they're different kind of mushroom cuts. Um, Matt Damon is not a voice actor. <laughs> I don't. I mean, Matt no, Damon as a person is uh, problematic. He's but like, okay. I, I enjoy him in comedy roles. Like, I enjoyed him on Thirty Rock. Yeah. I have enjoyed him like in his like sticks with Jimmy I, Kimmel. Like. I love him in action movies. Yeah, I, I uh, uh, the the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's great. I, I I think he's a really good actor. I enjoy him. He is not a voice actor. In this movie, I might as well be listening to like a robot read off the lines. Like, um, no, that would be cool. Though. Yeah, that would be cooler. Um, it's just I I don't care about this character at all. He doesn't really want anything specifically. Like, 
I think it's supposed to be a little bit of a coming of age where like he doesn't care about anything and then like he should care about this because his dad endowed him with it. I don't yeah. know. But, but but like when you compare that to the the brilliant voice acting of uh uh what's her name? <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Thank we will, you. we can get to her in the cruise. And we'll get all to the voice acting then. I all have right. a lot of opinions. But so, so yeah, he's just kind of, you know what? He like, he, Kale like listens to Limp Biscuit and like maybe has a tattoo and takes it a little too seriously. <laughs> but also he like, he, he wrecked his car. So he like picks you up on dates on his bike. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about, let's talk about. Uh, the most interesting named character, <laughs> Jim. Uh, his, his full name is James, so Ooh. that's slightly more interesting. Is it James Tiberius Kirk? Your hands were a little tied because this is based on the character in Treasure Planet, James Hawkins. Yeah, you or can't, Treasure Island. You can't, you can't change a character's name. Muppet Treasure Island, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so the one of the the first interesting thing about Jim on screen is that he doesn't just have a mushroom cut. There is a braided rat tail attached to this mushroom he's cut. Got, we did not know this before a, going into honest it. Honest to God, Phantom Menace rat tail. It's pretty bad. Wait, what year did this come out? Two thousand two. Oh, this is after Phantom Menace, and he's got that rat tail. Oh, is that? Do you think that's why? Oh, I don't know. Wait, no, Phantom but Menace. But rat tails predate Phantom Menace. No, he doesn't have the rat tail until uh, uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, whichever one was uh, next. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, rat tail. Rat tails. Oh. Um, anyway, fun, but fun aside story, from that. Oh. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, Joel, mm-hmm. uh, and his brother both had rat tails at I believe the that. same time. I it believe was, that. Uh, Amazing, amazing, and I grew up in the suburbs. I'm. I knew a kid with a rat tail. Oh, best kids. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, I didn't mind this kid. I didn't mind this kid, but he was just like super awkward. I hope he's okay as an adult, kind of kid. Um, oh well, now he's still got that rat tail. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. So other than the rat tail, um. I thought. At the start of the movie, Jim was going to be more of a kale, more of like a blank slate for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie to kind of happen at. But he, he he's got some uh, some real things that he's kind of working on. Like he goes to you know on this mission to not be such a screw up. Um, but you find out that he's kind of a screw up because dad left. Like right. it's not the most original of plot devices, and it's not related to Treasure Island. This sure. is new for the movie. Um, but it, it makes it uh, pretty compelling, this kind of relationship between Jim and um, Silver, which I think is, is one of the more interesting and layered relationships that Disney has done yeah. in a movie. Um, so I'm, it's, it's very ambitious. Like, it went there. And opposed to uh, the relationship in Titan AE, where he's like, my dad abandoned me, the end. Uh, <sighs> in Treasure Planet, like... He really develops maternal or paternal mm-hmm. feelings for uh, Silver. It's it's really nice. Yeah. Um, now, Kate, I know, like we all have our expertises. Uh, this is not my area because I just know Kevin. But if you were gonna take these three mushroom cut boys, yeah. and assign them to members of boy bands, yeah. you already started with Kale. But what boy band members would Milo, Kale, yeah. and Jim be? <laughs> Kale is kind of Nick Carter. Like, hair-wise, Kale is Nick Carter. Absolutely. I would say Kale is, like, 
Uh, I actually think, pers- like, in terms... Okay, so for simplicity, I'm going to work off of Backstreet Boys and Sync and 98 Degrees. Cool. Can I tell you what Backstreet Boy I think Kale is? Okay. Howie, because no one gives a shit about Howie. No, Jim is more Howie. Be- well, no, Milo is more Howie. All right. Because it's like, Howie, what are you doing in this band? <laughs> You're, <laughs> you're a little too goofy for this business, okay. but I like you. I like Milo's Howie. All right, and I've also um, warmed up to Howie now. Kale is a little bit more Nick Lachey, where, like, he's supposed to be the lead, but, like, there are no redeeming qualities to him. Who was he the lead of? Uh, 98 Degrees. Oh, he no, was he... Jessica Simpson's husband. Uh, yeah, that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Nick Lachey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you've got Big Jim. Jim is, he's, like, runty, but, like, well-meaning. I don't know. In... In a weird way, and like I, I am much more invested in like the pathology of the Backstreet Boys than what? most people. Uh-huh. I feel like Jim is Nick, right? Jim, like he he had like a rough childhood. He doesn't really know how to like socialize well, yeah. and then just kind of gets mixed up in the wrong things. But he really wants to try. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Is he sexual? Wait, is no. that Nick? Um, <laughs> Yeah, Nick does sing that line. Yes! Good, good. I'm uh, so good at Backstreet Boys. Uh, All right. Back. All right. So, so now that we've talked about the leads, let's talk about Terry Crews. Is it? Let's, He's let's great. do talk about Terry Crews. He's Cruz. great. He's You've been great. watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I have been watching. Like, uh, I follow I, him on Twitter. He's yeah. like real great on there. It's actually one of my favorite things. And Terry Crews does it well, but like it's my favorite thing. And I've told you this before. When like athletes become actors, even like commercials... Like those dumb uh, Brad pa- Brad uh, Paisley, Eli Manning Are commercials. Are you going to talk about the Shaq Yacht commercials? Well, Shaq is a so different much. story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really like Eli Manning and those commercials. He's Eli, right? Not Paisley. I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's that Manning. All right, but we're not actually talking about Terry Crews. Also, Cruz. Terry Crews is great. We are talking about the crews of these respective these three ships. ships. And we are not going to list every crew member because one... Or every but, ship. Because one, that would take forever. And two, we... Probably don't remember all of them, no, but let's it's a let's, lot. let's go in the same order that we've been going in. Yep. So Atlantis has an all-human crew. That ah, uh, yeah, that the burrower guy. That mole guy. He might not be a human. It's unclear. But there's no like there's no precedent for animal no, anthropomorphized. No, he's just um, So the Atlantis, uh, the Atlantis, um, Atlantis has the only all-human crew mm-hmm. of these three movies, um, and it's got like. It, it's it's very much of the idea of, like, Disney likes every character to have a different silhouette. Mm. And it's very much, That's like... That's good character design. It is good character yeah. design. Um, and some of them feel um, very caricatured. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got... And the, you, the art style is supposed to hearken towards Mike Mignola, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, creator of Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, which he didn't even know. He had <laughs> which to is to, neat. Like, he, like, saw the movie and he's like... Everyone has really cool hands. And they're like, yeah, that's based on your art. And he's like, like oh, oh, cool. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, they look really good. Um, a few of them, like the the dynamite expert is really funny. Like he only has one-liners and every single one of them is like my favorite line in the movie. He's got like, he's the only character. Uh, I, I think one of the weaknesses of uh, Atlantis is that it suffers from a little bit too much quick, snappy 
goofy characters. Yeah. And the dynamite guy is the only guy who's just like, uh, let me talk slow and say one joke. Here it is. Yes. And he's he's just a breath breath of fresh the air. The delivery after like is... a lot of quick delivery. Yeah. Um, he's great. Yeah, there's the burrowing guy. Yep. There's and they each have a job. There's like the engineer and there's yeah. the strong guy. They're, they're defined by their job and yeah. what they did. The strong guy. What is the what is the uh, what's the Terry Crews of the ship? He's the doctor. He's a doctor. He's so big. Yeah. I saw this movie so long ago. It was four days ago. It was four days ago. <laughs> he is a doctor. You're right. Uh, yeah, we meet him when he's giving him, uh, we're giving Jim, uh, 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 Milo an exam. That's right. Cool. So, generally, the crew, yeah, uh, pretty cool. And we're, James Garner makes a great villain. He's like, amazing. I respected him as a captain, and then I was, like, given chills by him as a villain. And, and he this, turns... this movie is, like, super hearkening back to, like, 40s and 50s serials. Yep. Uh, and you've got your femme fatale, like your your yeah. your the Helga Saint Clair deep voiced like uh, uh, ass kicker. Mm-hmm. You've got James Garner, who's just like no nonsense, and you got this goofy cast of characters yeah. and the caricature, right? Like of of our mechanic is a little, mm-hmm. eh. um, but like uh, there's things I really like about her. Car- I love yeah. that her pants are like just a little too big for her. Yeah, all of her clothes. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like those are hand-me-down clothes. Yep. And like when you hear her story, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe that maybe that is like. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like mm-hmm. there's there's, I think this is a really, like, there's a crew well defined by. Even their art style, if not the writing. Yeah, it's there's there's some really excellently executed shorthand for yeah. these characters. It's the um, excellence of execution. I wish that there had been a little bit more, not even deep dive, but um, maybe like a collective like they they kind of reference these in the individual stories, but yeah. there's a collective like we are kind of like outsiders, and not just outsiders, but we are outsiders because our families look different or came from somewhere else. Like, well, and there's that implication, we, but it's not as explicit. Well, because that's not the reason they're all together. It isn't the reason they're all together. The reason they're all... And that would have been... I think that would actually have been a little false towards... Sure. Uh, the reveal, which is that they're all in it for the money and they're going to kill all the Atlanteans. That is true. I forgot, I forgot that all the crew is there for that reason. And they, then cha- they, they eventually change their mind. But they're just going to yeah. kill everyone in Atlantis. But I do... Yeah. But I do, that's, yeah. But I do think there is, like, there were some moments where the people in Atlantis are talking about, like, our culture is dying, we don't have anyone to pass it on. And I feel like there was a moment with the mechanic who is Latina and the doctor who is African-American where they had, like, a a line of connection, like a dialogue line, where they kind of empathized. And it was... And maybe I was reading too much into it, but to me it felt like, oh, they're from cultures that are kind of getting, that are marginalized for sure, but like right. they're getting kind of lost as they try to fight for assimilation and for equal rights. Right. And, um, and maybe it could, and maybe it would have been too heavy handed if they had gone for that approach, but I thought there was maybe some emotional material to be mined there that did not get explored. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, Let's let's move let's move forward. Let's move forward to the next crew. To the crew of the Titan After oh, Earth. God, they look so. Mm. Okay, so uh, 
they do win the silhouette awards. Uh, they, we can, yeah, they've we got the silhouette. We can tell them different. There's girl. <laughs> uh, she, her main character trait is that she is a girl. Purple hair. And can, can we also say this movie is very horny. Like this movie, yeah, or a like, movie that seems like it's for kids. Like characters undressed. Like you see Kale's yeah, naked like, behind. Yeah, in like this movie. she she is showering. And she steps out of yeah. She, you uh, see her like naked silhouette in the shower. And like yikes. And like there is there is an implied erection joke. There is there's just like a lot of like weird horniness yeah. where it's like okay. The, the, and, and I'll say the art style uh, reminds me a lot of of heavy metal, which is just if you've seen if you've seen heavy metal or read heavy metal, you kind of get this is kind of a kid's version of heavy metal. So it's still like really horny, but not as bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anyway, she's the girl. She doesn't have any defining character traits, and it doesn't help that it is. Uh, that Drew Barrymore is phoning in. Well, when we get through this crew, I want to talk about that. Um, you got Bill Pullman. You know what? Wait, can we go back real quick? Uh-huh. I'm so sorry to Atlantis and talk about the guy who is literally phoning his performance. Oh, yeah. What was uh, he's that not about? on the crew, but uh, David Augenstyers is in this movie for a brief moment. He plays like kind of a smaller character. And his voice effect, they like must have. Phone, like literally phoned him in and from New only, York while they're in LA. It's only when he's in the car. It's only, yeah. His voice sounds literally like it's in a tin can. It sounds like he's shouting through a tin can. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, and vocal effects are something that plague Atlantis and uh, Titan A both, I yeah. think. Atlantis tries to go a little bit too much into like, we're in a spaceship. Things should echo. And yeah. then I'm like, wait, what was just said? Like, um, and then Titan A, but Titan A is for different reasons. Yeah. Um, this I but, can understand about forty percent of the dialogue in this so, movie. So, uh, so the rest of this crew in Titan A is Bill Pullman as the captain who, I guess, mutiny is maybe not the right word because he was in it for this all along. Yeah, um, but he's he is as Bill Pullman usually is. Fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's better than Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore, but he's fine. No. Um, you got Nathan Lane who in I, a straight laced role. I love. In this role, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's like a little bit fey. He's dry. He's dry. He's like cultured, but evil. And yeah. he's, I, he has very little to do. But I get so I am, distracted by the character design. I just think he is grotesque to look at. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I. I don't know. I like that too. I want to look at Nathan Lane's character in a movie, not. But uh, I, 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 mm-hmm. I just, I am a fan of this character, and I am a fan, as much as I can be, of Boot. Boot. Dupe. Goon? Goon. Um, John Leguizamo. Hey! That's maybe the first time I've pronounced that last name correctly That's on the, the first, first time you've pronounced that with the correct amount of syllables. Yeah. You add a couple. I add a couple. Um, John Leguizamo, for me, in this movie is the most successful character. And he is successful about 30% of the time. So if that tells you anything, (laughs) um, he's the goofy. He's the goofy one, right? He's like the comedic effect. But like the whole thing with this whole movie is that like there is no direction. Yeah. Like... Don Bluth and Gary Goldman are the directors. They did Anastasia. I think. I don't think. They, that, I I think the uh, 
we've talked about like oh they're not the directors we've talked about like budget getting cut yeah. as this movie goes on and I think they just cut directors I think they cut directors because no just one didn't have any none of the voice actors received direction no and and that shows with with everyone with, but it really shows with like Wazamo. it shows with, well it shows on different ends of the spectrum right I'd yeah. rather it's like my high school theater director would say, I'd rather you give me too much than too little. And that's and what you... And John Leguizamo <laughs> gives way too yeah, much. If you hire John Leguizamo, yet, that's what you're getting. I'd rather watch him in this movie than Drew Barrymore. I can understand. Who like might have been in like medical distress in this movie. Like the the low amount of shit she I, is giving for I this. I can understand one out of every three words John Leguizamo says. <laughs> He is he is just firing on all cylinders, and just but like his vocal inflection moves up and down. But you need, that's an like, interesting thing that none of, no one else does just, in this movie. Just like you need to direct the hell out of Robin Williams, right? You need to direct the hell out of not that John Leg- an, not that John no, Leguizamo is of the caliber of Robin, Williams, but he's a guy that like if you do not give him limits, he will give you goob. Well, and direct and edit, too, right? I feel like maybe they only have time for one take for every line. Like, Ugh. that's kind of what it feels like, too. And he was, um, like, eating while he was doing his lines. Yes. Or something. For sure. And then there's a kangaroo, garofalo. Yeah, it sucked. All um, right, moving on yeah. to uh, Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. So, we've got, like, a uh, uh, we've got a motley crew here. We've got Nikki Six. We've got Tommy Lee. I don't know any other members of Motley Crue. I didn't even know that much. But those are two of them. Okay. Um, so you got you got your Long John Silver. But like in the future in this world, like everyone stands on two feet. But sometimes they're like cats and dogs and sometimes they're humans. And sometimes they're spiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got the, the creepy Henson Muppets in 2D. Um, so yeah, there's like animals but not aliens. Yeah. Um, but you got you got you got your Long John Silver. You got your Spider Man, who's like super spooky and creepy, and that's it's more like a tarantula and then, like scorpion. And then you've got you've got the Captain. You've uh, got Morph Emma Thompson, who's like a cat captain. She's oh, yeah. very no nonsense. She uses a lot of big words, which is a fun conceit. Except for also David Hyde Pierce's characters use uses big words. So then you could just have a lot of words that maybe kids aren't understanding. Yeah, I find David Hyde Pierce delightful in Charming. this movie. He's such a good voice actor. I'm upset that he doesn't end up with Jim's mom. Yeah. That was a relationship. It's foreshadowed in like the first 20 minutes. And then and it's so sweet. And you're like, oh, they're going to come back. And, and then be he ends like, up with the fight. captain on the ship. Which, which I guess doesn't... is kind of like real life, right? Like circumstance dictates who you end up with. Whoever you have the most shared experience. Everyone with. just goes off with whatever anyway, captain um, floats by. Oh, no. Not everyone is a cat or dog. Because like the first mate is like a rock. Yeah. He's like he's the awesome. thing. He's like a gray the thing. Yeah, he's really cool. He's no nonsense. Uh, he uh, he makes me very happy. And also, he dies. Yeah, like halfway through the movie. Like there yeah. are actual stakes in this uh, with the crew. Um, yeah, a character that you like dies. You don't know a lot about, so it's like a safe stakes yeah. thing. It's um, it's a you know a traditional storytelling technique, but it's done well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and the rest of the crew is just like a bunch of creepy. Monsters. Yes. Um, cool. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, uh, about the merging of 2D and CGI and, and, and some more stuff. But first, I want to introduce a new segment. Oh. Um, you were not aware of this segment. I am segment. not. I'm this very excited. This is a excited. total surprise. This is a segment. Uh, and can we get the timer out? Uh-oh. Oh, 
Can you get the timer out for me? We're really good at timers on this show. Yeah. It should be called Cellmates and Timers. Okay. This is a... This is a segment called Kate has two minutes uninterrupted to talk shit about Titan AE. Yes! Are you ready? I love this segment already. Great. One, two, three. This movie made me physically upset almost all the way through. I hated it. Every bit of it. Am I starting well? Is this a great start? Great. He's nodding. So the, the visual effects are so bad. Like... They were trying to use the edge of technology, but they went, like, off the edge. So, like, the 2D animation is traditional Don Bluth, where they kind of feel floaty, and it's very rotoscope, so all the faces look, like, weirdly real, and then, like, not animated, like, they're not expressive. But then the CG effects are, like, also very not real, and it just feels like everyone is floating. Would you think it'd be, it would be okay, because it's in space, but it's very not okay. There were moments, and Dick can attest to this, that I was like scratching my toenails on our ottoman because I was so physically uncomfortable with what was going on. And again, it's not motion sickness. It's just this, why would you even design it to look like this? This looks like shit. Like the the orbs of the, those orange orb things and those icicle things. It all just looks terrible. The voice acting is terrible. Why would you make an animated movie where you didn't have good voice actors? Like, you shouldn't... mm. And, like, Nathan Lane is underused, and his character, like, is meant to be trusted, and then at the last minute switches. But, like, it's two characters at the last minute who switch, and then they turn on each other. So it's very confusing, and it all feels very, like, plot devices, but without anything to back it up. Um, The music is, like, this dumb like rock punk terrible early 2000s thing and it has nothing to do lyrically with what's going on on screen oh there are these sequences where they like go back and forth between two scenes it's like a battle scene but they like use the same animation four times in a row so the lines are slightly different but not really so like goon says a thing he's at the control panel and then kale's like out Side fighting aliens, and then you go back to Goon, and he says a very similar thing, and it's and it goes back, and it happens like four times, and it happens all right, two distinct all right, times all right. in the movie. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. That's a great segment. I love this segment. Yeah, we'll oh, have man. this. We'll have this same segment in every show, and not about different, and not about different cartoons. It's okay. going to be about Titan A oh, every time. Awesome. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so There's so much more to say. So you already started to touch on the 2D and CGI merging. Yes. And all of these, uh, I I think you said it, all of these are like a teenager in that like even a very good looking teenager is still kind of awkward. Like hella awkward looking. Just, it's like, oh, why are you moving your body that way? Do you know how to move it? And like it? with some teenager, not that like we're looking at teenagers. Yeah, that sounded uh, yeah, creepy sounded when creepy. I said it. But like, like some teenagers you can be like, all right. I know you're going to be a good-looking adult. And some teenagers, you're like, we'll see. Like, like I don't everyone know. is beautiful, right? I don't no know matter what, what you they are. say, words can't bring me down. Um, but, like, so for me, I'm like... listening to a lot of Greatest Showman? No, that's just Christina Aguilera. Oh, it just sounds like the song is from Greatest Showman. It should be. It sounds like literally the same song over and over. better as a jukebox musical. So, uh, so, like, Treasure Planet, 
it doesn't all look good. I think it looks the best of the three. Yeah, it's you know what, like it's the it's, latest of the three it, too. It knows how to dress. It's wearing like the correct length mm-hmm. of jeans. They're not like too short. Yeah, right. It, it's it's got it together. It it trips. It stumbles. Right, but it's but it's you can got see it where it's going as a human. You're yeah, like, it's got I its college applications. Yeah, in. I see what you're trying to go for. I'm really excited to get to know you in like five years. Yeah. Um, the other two. <sighs> I mean, the the problem with Titan A is that it relies so heavily on CGI um, that it's it's just more apparent. I think there are really awkward CGI moments in yeah. Atlantis, but it's used less. And I I should clarify the reason that we make the like teenager uh, uh, metaphor yeah. is because like this is sort of the the weird growth years of CGI yes. where we're like, cool Toy Story is a thing that exists, right? Let and Jurassic Park exists. Mm-hmm. Let's just try putting like CGI and everything and see how it goes. And it's like it's kind of like weird, and we're experimenting, and a lot of stuff's just not working. Uh-huh. And Titan AE is one of those things. And yeah. and we did find out that the studio Fox that made Animation. Titan AE, yeah, Fox Animation um, had a long illustrious career of three years and three movies. Can you go ahead and list those movies? Yeah, I will. Uh, Anastasia. Yep. The sequel to Anastasia, uh-huh. starring Bartok, a right. direct-to-video. Uh, oh, does he? Feature. Is it him and that girl bat? Probably. I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, girl bat. Bartok the Magnificent. And the third movie and the final movie is Titan A. Um, they spent like ninety million on this movie, and it recouped like thirty million worldwide. Or and something the, the like that. studio was open for a long while. No, not a long while. The mm. studio was like shutting down in the middle of production. Yeah, like they knew they had to shut down the studio, but they had put they had sunk too much money into it not to make the movie. And it like shut down like literally five days after production. The, ended. the Fox Animation Studios was no more ten days after it ten was released after. in theaters. So, so Titan a, lot of the, a lot of the main sequences have been outsourced to other animation companies in different countries. Like, and when you when you look at it, you can tell. And I, yeah, because it, it's not even the same bad CGI integration. No. It's like different kinds it's of bad different CGI kinds of bad. integration. And, and and the like, there was a point where like it cut from like this extended CGI sequence back inside the ship <laughs> to the two D animation, and we kind of forgot the movie we were watching. Because we had been watching this terrible CG for so long. It's like, oh, nice hand-drawn animation. whole thing is just and like, disorienting. I complain about Don Bluth. Flo- we complain about Don Bluth's floatiness. And it's just a th- nature of Don Bluth. But like these characters don't look like they're touching the backgrounds. The backgrounds look like they're concept art instead of like actual backgrounds. And the CG does not work in the least. It is... It is terrible. And I, I, I want to attribute that all. I want to attribute as much of I, as I can to the budget cuts because Anastasia uh, had some bad CG, but not all bad CG. But all of the CG was in service to the story. Right. Right. The CG is like the train that goes awry and like the music box. That's and, a big plot device. And I like, would contend that if the CG had been good and mm-hmm. maybe the movie had been better like that like ice asteroid thing would have been integral to the movie or those weird sure. like floaty testicles sure. things would have been integral to the movie <laughs> but they just all look yeah. terrible and took away it's very interesting to me because they would have 
lost, I think, less money if they had just stopped production. Like, if they were just like, you know what? We're running out of money, and we don't have, like, good storyboards for this, and we've had to cut so many people on the story team and stuff. I think they would have... They would have come out more in the clear if they had just cut production. Yeah, but instead of but I'll tell you what making what they made, they got my six dollars or whatever well, a movie ticket was then. <sighs> and then and then finally uh, uh, on the Treasure Planet, where I think the CG was pretty restrained, like it didn't always look good. That's yeah. what I mean. You said like I'm, I'm like the CGI is not necessarily better, but you said I can see the restraint. Yeah, and I really liked that. Except because... except. In one scene where they just like, they gave you like a point of view shot with all CGI. It was kind of like that moment in Aladdin where you're riding the carpet out of the Cave of Wonders and you're like, this looks like nothing else that happens in this movie. Oh, this this looks bad. (laughs) Wait, isn't there a literal scene in one of these movies where, is it Atlantis where they're like on a CG thing out and there's a volcano erupting yeah it is atlantis yeah yeah it, where is. it feels like that it shot from aladdin, aladdin. yeah atlantis and we didn't really because uh, we both have so much to say on titan e um again atlantis like uses the cgi it doesn't look as good as treasure planet it doesn't look as bad as titan e yeah there are some like weird explosion things that happen that like are in 2d when the rest is in 3d like but i don't know what is like art style and what is poor cgi um, and yeah, so Atlantis, I think I'm more forgiving of Atlantis because I'm like, all right, you are very ambitious here. And like, I see what you're trying to do. It's not always successful, no. but your story is good enough to carry it. I want to, I want to talk a little bit cause we, we, we put a note that we kind of wanted to talk about like the old slash futuristic nature of these movies. Kind of the Epcottiness of it. Yeah, we're like, there's like, Atlantis is a little bit retro future, and Treasure Planet is a little bit future retro. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's, future, that's interesting. And, 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 and that's... And is just punk. It's whatever. Future. <laughs> uh, well, okay, Titan AE is actually the one I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. though, because... There's there's some moments that are really interesting because of who wrote it. So it's it mm. takes place on like not all of the ships, but some of the ships are like kind of crappy and falling apart. Some uh, there's a segment where they go to like a a China. It's town. A, like a drifter colony. It's a drifter colony mm. where where is it is it. Taiwanese Thai. So it's called Little Bangkok, Little Bangkok, but there are a ton of white people there. So I don't. There's uh, a ton uh, of white people in Bangkok. Uh, it's a big tourist spot. Chess was in Bangkok. That's the greatest musical of all time. Anyway, the Drifter colonies are humans that got like you know yeah. saved from Earth, but they don't have anywhere to be. And it's it's that's interesting. And and it and, is interesting. And it just reminds me of a show called Firefly. Uh, which was not that long after Titan A.E. and written by uh, two of the writers on Titan A.E. It's crazy. Uh, Titan A.E., uh, more than anything, is proof that Joss Whedon is... <laughs> is not an infallible human. Is not infallible. He's, <laughs> he's pretty good. I mean, the story uh, was by someone else. Like, some of, some of Buffy was good. Uh, Firefly was good. Dr. Horrible. Dr. Horrible. And that's about it. Joss Whedon is fine. Um, other, other people like the Avengers movie. They're wrong. It. It's poorly written. Okay. But uh, uh, Joss, <laughs> Whedon, Joss Whedon is, is fine. 
Um, I, I really like Firefly. Uh, guess what? Uh, so does everyone else. I get it. I'm not saying anything new, but but Titan AE has some elements of Firefly, mm. like like the junkie ships, like the the like English and Chinese uh, kind of mix or, or Thai, um, and, and just like these elements that made me be like, were you just saving all the good material for <laughs> your show because it's uh, not here? I mean, maybe that was the cut material. I don't know. Yeah. But who wrote? Uh, there was there was something to do with the writers of Treasure Planet that was interesting. What was that? So Treasure Planet was written by Musgrin Clements, mm-hmm. who re- usually write their own treatments, mm-hmm. and um, Elliot and Rosso or Russo. Now um, they uh, mm-hmm. they wrote something else, and that came out like a year after uh, Treasure Planet. Da, da, da. Something about uh, is it the Mary Poppins? Yeah. Uh, no, they wrote uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, they also though were the were people brought in to help with Aladdin script, mm. and they're as as we'll do Aladdin on a future podcast. Um, they kind of did a, most of the clever things that happened in Aladdin. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, like all the parts you're like, oh, this is a really cool plot point. It's like the the director commentary is like, oh yeah, Ted and Terry did that for us. They came up with that. I'm like, oh, all right. So I see who's really making this movie. Anyway, but I think I see their writing in this movie Mm -hmm. because I think there are some clever things that happen and like everything is kind of connected. Nothing comes out of the blue, which is nice. And it's interesting that like in this movie, they they reference. Pirates of the Caribbean. They do. They reference the Yo-Ho song. They, yeah. Uh, Long John Silver sings the Yo-Ho song. Yeah. And then, like, the next year, the Pirates the movie becomes a movie. comes out. Um, um, and uh, someone else probably wrote uh, Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis. I didn't have anything interesting to say that, about the writers. I assume that and... Trousdale and Wise had a oh. hand in it. I didn't look it up specifically, uh, but great movie. Yeah, that's the part that matters. So, uh, hey Kate. Yeah. Hey Kate. Yeah. Hey Kate. Mm. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, Dick. No, no. How are you? I'm much better now that I got that little tightening rant off my chest. Excellent. That's, I, that was really helpful. I think what I'd like to do now uh, is wrap this thing up. Let's let's do it. Let's let's go. To our uh, amazing segments that everyone loves. Uh, segment to me, like, is a thing that lasts like twenty minutes. Like, this is our segment. These are just like okay. Let's go to our little, sectors. Little goops. These are the these like, are our our three sectors that we have our, to go through. We can't just reference other people's <laughs> art the entire time that we do. Or this podcast. is literally a podcast about other people's mm. art. All we do is but reference other people's, other people's shows, other people's amateur art. Okay, whatever. I'm just you know. Shout out to the sector keeper. All right. All right. Um, Dick, uh, who's your MVP? Most valuable, whatever you want to call the piece Most today. valuable primate. Uh-huh. Uh, that's who's correct. your MVP of these these three movies that are, in fact, different movies? Well, I'm going to take uh, MVP, and I'm going to make that say most valuable pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say it's the dynamite guy from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Yeah. Uh, he's very funny Atlantis uh, suffers uh, as I said uh, from an overabundance of personality Mm. Uh, it's a little much in a couple of spots everyone is a little too clever it's like that uh, 
you know, post, uh, uh, post Kevin Smith, post Quentin Tarantino, everyone's got snappy, fast dialogue. Yep. And Dynamite Guy talks slow. He delivers his joke. He moves on. It, it's lovely. It's great every time. Yeah. I, I think, um, for me, especially after seeing Titan AE, yes. uh, David Hyde Pierce was an MVP yeah. for me because like you, I know that voice acting is different than acting and I know that voice acting requires special talents and like, it just like theater it requires going a little bit over the top of mm-hmm. what a naturalistic performance would be. And David Harris Pierce just gets it. Like also he's probably well directed, but he just gets it. And like his character is funny and like, it's very David Hyde Pierce. Like he could play that in real life. No problem. But it's just enough cartoony. And just compared to literally everyone in Titan AE, including Nathan Lane, who is a great voice actor. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was it was a breath of fresh air. And I will I will say David Hyde Pierce uh, does have the advantage of having a brother who's one of the best voice actors in the business, uh, Doctor Fraser Crane, uh, who's not in any of these movies. But oh my God, Sideshow Bob, like yeah, uh, I mean, is amazing. The, the, the and Sideshow Cecil, Sideshow right Cecil. here. There you go. Yeah. So you know he's he's got that. He's he 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 cut his he cut his gums he on cut, the he Simpsons. Cut his you got this comes on the Simpsons. Hey Kate, if you uh, if you were to do a crossover with these movies, be it uh, characters or, or directors or, or you know soundtracks, if you wanted to put oh, the Sydney soundtrack somewhere, what would you cross over? You could do a two way cross or a three way cross. You could do what you want. No, I'm gonna throw Titan in a dumpster, and and I'm going. <laughs> That's to... the next segment. Oh, sorry. I wanted. I, I'm so excited. Um. <sighs> I'm going to do a more serious crossover. A lot of times we do like characters. I would actually like to see what um, Elliot and Rosso would have added to Atlantis. Because I think there's just a shade or two of clever that's missing. Like of just connecting things and bringing things together that I think they could have really polished out. Yeah. Can I give a, can I give a quick honorable MVP? Yeah. Because I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Um there is a line in Atlantis that I don't think is great, but Michael J. Fox delivers it, and I laughed out loud. Where like uh, the, the 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 main one girl lady is like, "Hey, can you swim?" And then she like takes uh, some of her clothes, not yeah. all of her clothes no. off, Titan A.E. <laughs> some of her clothes off uh, to go swimming, and he goes, "Yeah, I swim pretty girl, uh, pretty good." Yeah, and it's dumb, but he... It's dumb, but he delivers it He so does. Wow. It's really strong. Um, so, I mean, general MVP is like uh, good voice good actors. Good voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love you. We need you. Good voice actors, well-written parts. And what do you know? well-directed voice actors. Um, um, yeah, so what's your crossover, Dick, among these movies? Across? That's a great That's a great question. Um <sighs> The, so the problem the problem is I feel like I should take the challenge and find something in Titan AE. Good luck. I'm to gonna cross, leave. I'm gonna get another drink. To you can do this by yourself. Into something else, but for the for the life of me, <laughs> I have no idea what. Um, so I'm, I, I have I have an additional silly one. Keep oh on. no, go for it. Go for it. I'll catch. I up. mean, I would like to see. 
without words, uh, John Leguizamo's character play with Morph mm. from Treasure Planet. Like, I think they'd have a good time playing together. Yeah. Morph is a silly, like, fr- I, we, we didn't talk about Morph enough because uh, we loved him. Uh, no, Morph's, Morph's a goofy ball that morphs. He's a goofy ball. He do, he's a... Uh, Non-verbal, he like squeaks and squeals, but he doesn't like... Figured out my crossover. Oh, there we go. You take uh, uh, Martin Short's character yeah. from Treasure Planet, uh-huh. you remove him from Treasure also, Planet, we and, did not put talk him, about... and put him in Titan AE, where you never oh! have to see him again. Excellent crossover. Thank you. I'll take the high five this now. This is done. This is done. Ugh. Yeah, we talked about Martin Short less than I thought we would for Thank how much we hated God. him. I can he only... He, like, honestly, like, this movie is good, Treasure Planet. He, like, doesn't ruin it, but he does his best at trying he to ruin tries. it. He tries. If he was in like, the whole movie, it uh, would be ruined. Uh, if you want to give me two minutes on a later podcast to just talk about how much I hate Martin Short, we can I'm do that. game. He's in other movies that we're probably going to oh, talk about. Oh, I hope not. All right, um, but the final, the final, most celebrated segment in podcasting history. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Dick, uh, yeah. these these movies, uh, are you going to re-release them? Are you going to release as a special edition? You're going to toss them into the vaults. All right, so I'm just going to go movie by movie here. Disney or otherwise. Uh, first, uh, Atlantis. Uh, I, I've just given it a re-release. Uh, like, I could special edition it and, like, like uh, work on a few effects and take out that uh, that voice that sounds like it's in a can. But I like this movie a lot. I think it holds up as is. I think it's really fun. I love uh, like you don't get new Michael J. Fox stuff, and so yeah. getting a new Michael J. Fox thing was very exciting. Uh, I I think this movie holds up. I love it just as is. Yeah, and for for me for Atlantis. Yeah. Um, I I wish with movies you could do that thing that plays do that like when they're revived like a couple lines are changed and like the scene changes a little bit like you get a better the, orchestra yeah or like the orchestrations improved because I don't think this movie has to be redone and I think special edition might be too much yeah but I might just imbue it with a little more like I think it is more relevant in 2018 than it was mm. in. 2001 in yeah. terms of cultures being lost and appropriated and and you want you want to like push a little more of that into it i want to push a little Infuse bit more even, a little more even if it's just it. on the atlantis side mm-hmm. like i want to draw that out a little bit more yeah. um and yeah and maybe just kind of brush over the special effects with the well computer well well events. well we've got you here kate yeah. let's uh what, what are you gonna do with titan ae you gonna you gonna titan ae does not deserve the vault Titan A.E. deserves to be dropped in a dumpster, set on fire, lots of gasoline. Mm-hmm. And then, like, its ashes should be, like, crunched up, I don't know, like, eaten by an alligator or something, like, and, like, pooped out. Like, there is not a strong enough treatment to get rid of this movie. I. It... All right. So I guess of our three options, Vault would be closest, but... It's not worthy. Burn it down for the insurance money. Burn it down for the insurance money. All right. So I'm going to say something a little controversial here. Mm. Oh. Uh, and and hear me out. I want a special edition of Titan AE. And here's what I want it to be. Uh, I, and I guess it's not even really Titan AE. The, have you... 
Well, okay, hold on. I want a different movie entirely. No, hold on. Some of my favorite, some of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen have been like Lost in La Mancha, a movie about why uh, an attempt at making okay. Man of La Mancha didn't work, or All right. Jodorowsky's Dune, where you're like learning about like this dude tried to make Dune, it didn't work. Okay. Or or the movie about uh, Island of Doctor Moreau. Okay. I want that movie. About Titan A.E. Okay. I want to, I want the ins and outs. I want a full history of like what this movie was trying to be. Because I firmly believe that you cannot do Anastasia and then this. It without, does seem really Without nuts. something horrible going wrong. And I think a lot of things went wrong along the way. And I, I know you are not a fan of Don Bluth, but I don't believe this was all Don Bluth. No, but uh, so my, I think that's a great idea. No. That's actually the only use of Titan AE I've seen happening in the future. In the future. Um, my guess would be every interview you do would be like, yeah, I worked on like 30 seconds of that film. I don't really remember. I don't really have anything to tell you. Ah. I'm pretty sure every single interview would go like that. Like it, it's just, it, yeah. no one, no one stuck with it. And that's, for any length and of that's time what I think or is depth. <laughs> fascinating. Um, and I'm going to just jump right on to uh, Treasure Planet. Go ahead. And I'm going to say uh, this is a less extensive mm-hmm. uh, uh, special edition, but I'd special edition this up and remove Martin Short from the world. That's, of, all, you, that's of all you do. Earth, yeah. Uh, and also from Treasure Planet. Yeah. I mean, I would have I, the same. You take this movie, take out Martin Short. Put in some kind of inanimate device that that tells you how to read the map and how to do the if portals. If you've already got a goofy character who is causing I mean, that's trouble, the thing is that like and it's we added love. in as the um, I read in an article the quote unquote professional comedian sidekick of the Disney movie because Robin Williams went well and they didn't understand why and they spent several dozen movies and, trying and, to figure it out. And then we got we got we get Martin Short. Ugh. Um, anyway, I think like you already have David Hyde Pierce, who's funny in this movie. Yep. And he's funny like verbally, and then you have Morph, who's funny physically. And between and those two, you've got all you've the got humor. comedy. I laugh a lot in this movie, and you don't need you don't need Martin Short. You just take him out. Yeah, Literally, just like edit him out. You didn't even need to put a comedian in there, but you definitely didn't need to put Martin. I mean, Short maybe in. you replace him with Christopher Plummer, like uh, you know Kevin Spacey, or uh, Christopher Lloyd. Or yeah, Christopher Lloyd would be great. Yeah, he's just great at things. Yeah. All right, Kate. Any uh, any final words before we wrap this boy up? No, this is. I mean, it, people should see Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Yeah. And people should burn Titan A. Look, if you if you want to see. Here's what I'll say about Titan A. I remember uh, when I saw it liking Titan A. But I was uh, young and it was the early 2000s and we were all dumber then. And and everything was worse then. So I think Titan well, A.E. looked better by comparison. And it's interesting because none of these movies got panned at the time. None of these movies got well reviewed. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting the timing that they came out. It's right after the Disney Renaissance has trailed off. Yep. Um, and they're not, they, they've stepped away from musicals, which is what they were famous for for a decade. Pixar is on the rise, um, especially these two movies are between Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo, like two of their highest rated, yeah. even, even for Pixar. And so it's interesting that these are kind of 
this trio of lost movies, like a lost planet. Or, Ooh, or like or a, a treasure island. Um, or a Muppet that, like, treasure island, if you will. I feel like... that We're not doing a fourth movie. We're not adding a fourth movie into this podcast. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that two of these movies are pretty good, but no one really talks about these movies anymore. No. Um, but yeah, to your point, like... At the time, they also looked different and felt different, and for better and worse, I think. Well, I mean, and our our entertainment was like Celebrity Deathmatch and Limp Biscuit. So, in comparison, Titan A was all right. This is a breeze. All right. All right. Well, thanks for watching these movies with me, Dick. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's been a great uh, great time on on Cellmates. I enjoyed it as well, Kate. <laughs> I'd like to say real quick before I go, uh, super secret crossover, uh, Tim Curry with uh, Treasure Planet.